What is up? I am Miguel Antonio, and this is the Live and Create Podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. On this episode, we have Ben Byron. He's a musical director and just pretty much plays every instrument out there. He's in a ton of projects, doing a ton of great things, and he used to be in the band that I used to tour with uh, called Run With It. And it was great catching up with them. And we talked a lot about self-care and what does it look like in the age of a pandemic and in a world uh, that's been turned upside down as musicians. Hope you guys enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. And so a big chunk of of, a big chunk of 2020 was based around kind of reconfiguring how to be a person when um, the like my calendar went from uh, just this side of being like untenably untenatively un, uh, untenably uh, overpacked caffeine is slowly working its way in. <laughs> getting there for for everyone listening like Ben is a vampire, right? Yes. You usually get up. You're usually going to bed when I'm getting up, I think, is typically yeah. the thing. So <laughs> And that's worked out well for uh for the household situation here where uh my wife and partner Rachel has been working from home for the duration, uh which has uh which has been really great. Um uh, we have a couple different office spaces. We're fortunate enough to have enough um uh, enough room in our house to be able to like, kind of cultivate individualized workspaces. Um, and part of uh, the thing that's made those gears run smoothly is that like I've been getting up around like four or five in the afternoon, uh, like right around the time she's clocking out. So we get a little, we get like quality time to hang out. And then I start my, office hours, um, and or like domestic, uh, projects that I uh, get on. And it sounds like kind of where you were going with the story of just, it's been a lot of that because before you're doing live performances, I know you were a music director for a lot of live stage events and, and, uh, all those kind of things. So, so what did that transition look like for you in February, March? Did you see it coming? Um, or was it just kind of like a, what the fuck kind of, um, it was incredibly jarring. Um, I'd mentioned that, um, live theatrical performance was a big part of, uh, by volume. It was most of my 2019. I'd, I'd gotten plugged in with, um, a group called Paget Productions, um, uh, formerly branded as Immersive KC and, um, did a handful of shows back to back with um, uh, Nick Paget's company uh, and an amazing group of musicians, uh, including but not limited to Nick Panda, Mark Johnson, Tim Brazelton, Ahafia Jerkowitz Miles, uh, who uh, like, uh, like, well, became fast friends, did a lot of great work, and had like a full line of shows. Um, set up for 2020, the first of which was going to be American Idiot, the musical, um, which I uh, was slated to 
music direct, do some acting in, play, um, I think maybe five or six different instruments in, um, while also sort of juggling the spreadsheets of how to um, use every, every conceivable part of the Buffalo with having actors pick up instruments and join the band, like, like blurring the line in between um, uh, singing and dancing ensemble and yeah. uh, musical ensemble. And our f first full run through of all of the music in the show um, with all the bells and whistles, amps, mics, um, full band on stage, full cast was immediately before the stay-at-home order for Kansas City yeah. went to play. Um, so we got to play the show that had been eating the entirety of my brain for months exactly one time. Wow, man. And then, then it's like, go home and wait. Um, and it's full so, shutdown. And we thought everything's going to come back by like April, May. I remember a lot of conversations well, yeah. about that. And well, our, here, here we are in fucking December right now. <laughs> and and it was uh, it was initially an incredibly jarring thing to have um, a couple months worth of shows, um, specifically theater stuff, um, just existing in limbo for mm. for a while it got to the point where it was actually a relief to know definitively that at least for me a lot of the uh, a lot of the plans were canceled outright or postponed because then I could at least have a sense of what I was doing okay. uh, uh, could plan accordingly and uh, uh, actually kind of relieved some of the anxiety that went along with the question of, am I taking unnecessary risks? Or like, could I potentially be taking unnecessary risks by going and exposing myself to, to an audience, to other band members? Um, mm -hmm. Could I be putting at risk or immunocompromised family members in additional danger? Um, it was just, there's been a lot of lot of those kinds of questions. Um, so I've been uh, I'm definitely grateful for many uh, many things that I took away from our time uh, working in a band together, living on the road. Uh, not least of which is the concept of productive paranoia. Um, just <laughs> always that, always that being prepared. <laughs> it. Um, has been incredibly useful this year. Um, <laughs> but on like, on just a personal front, um, the overall pH balance has been pretty good. Um, that's awesome. Like I've managed, um, uh, there was a large chunk of this year where, uh, my most readily available coping mechanism was um, a kind of endless supply of all the boxed wine. Um, <laughs> Which we we 
we love we learned that from touring too is we found that box oh, wine God. traveled the best we tried to start with bottles of wine and that was like a potential shit show at every turn uh, as they rolled from one side to the van to the other uh, but no i feel you i spent like beginning of march i basically spent a whole lot of time smoking way too much and drinking way too much and trying to figure out like what in the world is happening because uh, for me i lost kind of everything for a moment. Uh, I was lucky to start working again, kind of in the landscape world for a brief period. And Jenny oh, lost cool. 90% of her business, you know, like overnight because oh, they were all houses. Just immediately. And it yeah. was just, no, I feel you, man. It was whiskey and wine and clove cigarettes, uh, which luckily I was able to stop again. I, it, I was, once I started back into those, <laughs> I, I really, I remembered how much I loved them. And I, I know you've, you've been down that road way in the past, oh, yeah. uh, but it's funny how quick they become addictive, but yeah, there was a lot of coping me- mechanisms just trying to figure out like what the hell is happening. Speaking of Jenny, how's the, um, uh, the nursing school, uh, slash nursing trajectory experience been, uh, given global pandemic and all <laughs> giving all that. Unfortunately, uh, she had to step out, um, because okay. the, uh, virtual schooling, uh, we, with Judah, uh, being at risk with some of his health issues, we decided oh, to keep all the yeah. boys out of virtual schooling. And because that kind of pushed the issue of her having to step out of it. Uh, so that was, that was, that was a hard day, hard, hard decision. Uh, well, really a hard week of her wrestling with that and what we were going to do, how to care for our kids the best we felt like we could. Um, as a, there was an interview I had two days ago where realizing most of 2020 is having a really bad decision are a really bad choice and a really shitty choice and then choosing which one do you want which one are you going to do and then and how can you make some positive spins it's been it's actually been great for us now i ended up stepping out of la- the landscape world and going back to all this full time again uh, doing the podcast oh, so music cool. and all that um, so now we're at home uh, with the boys all day she does virtual schooling with them and uh, and then we her commercial business now has grown a ton uh, that was kind of that positive spin of COVID-19. Uh, commercial clients decided they wanted to have cleaning all the time and disinfectant got, all the time. So now her and I- got a big empty together. office building, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, and for a lot of them is they wanted to get people back in the building safely, get production sure. going, take care of their people. And so that kind of blew up for her. So now we do that in the evenings together. So it's it's been a mixed blessing in that of- of feeling closer to each other and feeling closer yeah. to the boys. Uh, when we were talking, we we're driving back from one of the, the commercial cleanings one night and I was like, man, I'm gonna be sad next year when they go back to school. I'll be excited for them. They need that, the yeah. development and all that. But uh, you know, like later on today, I'll be working on stuff. Judo will run down, ask me a question over lunch. Trey will talk about politics with me. You know, all, the, all these yeah. random things that you don't normally get as a parent. And so that's been kind of the mixed blessing of it. But yeah, sadly, she had to step out of that. And uh, after this year, she'll kind of figure out what the next steps are uh, for her and what she's dreaming about. But but yeah, man. Yeah, I, I feel you on the mixed bag of it all. Um, the um, uh, just uh, d- just on uh, to uh, sort of stay on that topic. How how are the how are the boys handling? gestures broadly um but uh, specifically (laughs) all of it yeah uh digital school life in general yeah 
Man, they these boys are doing good. Uh, you know, for context for everyone listening, is like I have, we have four boys. Uh, I, I know you know that, but <laughs> uh, we have the four boys: 16, 12, 8, and seven. And uh, all the boys, as far as school goes, uh, they're loving it, except for our youngest one, Jojo. Not a fan. And in reality, he was pulled out of school uh, in the middle of learning how to read as a as a kindergartner. And uh, so that. That was just, it's been a rough go for him. The other other kids are doing great with it. They're done usually by like one and they're outside playing basketball or whatever. Uh, life in general, we did make a big move. We moved, we were like down like Kansas City area. We had moved from like uh, kind of lower Platte County and then moved into more like townhome, Kansas City area. And then once the pandemic hit, we were like, we need to get out of here. So we're actually out in the middle, not middle of nowhere. It feels like the middle of nowhere, <laughs> but more rural kind of vibe. Uh, got, got, uh, we're renting a place that's on like a half acre. And so the kids just have a ton of places to like, they, they can run, they can go where before we had like a little sliver of grass and a cul-de-sac. So that actually has been really good for them too. They have, you know, kind of big, huge yard. We have a fire pit in the back of it. Uh, basketball, everything. So, and they have built-in friends as well. Like they, I mean, they, they get in fights, but overall they really get along and, and love each other. So, so yeah, overall that it's, it's been pretty decent for them. Uh, I think they are excited. All of them are excited to be back around friends, except uh, strangely, even though Joe doesn't, our youngest doesn't like virtual school, he really doesn't want to go back to regular school because he likes having mom around <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So he's just kind of, yeah, it's just that, that age as well. But yeah, it's That's been, it's been nuts. Joe's seven now. Like that, that can't be right, but the math checks out. <laughs> so yeah. And he's, he's a savage little dude. And at the same time, incredibly creative. Like he's the most savage intense kid, but then like he wanted for his birthday, he wanted an easel and he went down and had canvases and painted painted paintings for everyone recently he created everyone a mailbox in front of their door in our hallway like legit mailboxes that are like sticking out and then he just makes drawings all day and pops them everyone's mailboxes throughout the day so he's super rad he's a interesting kid he's he's a kid that will probably like you know shoot nine millimeters for fun and then create like works of art on canvases at the same time like you know, that, kind of a, a warrior yeah. poet in a way. <laughs> but that, yeah, that man, how, very appropriate. how about for you, you and Rachel? Uh, how has this affected you guys? Uh, I know you're you're home a lot more, obviously, right now. Um, but with all the changes, uh, what are the things that you guys have learned kind of or, and you have learned about yourself and about your relationship? Um, first and foremost, like I don't um, it has increased. um my sort of day-to-day moment-to-moment gratitude for the life and the partner that I have um, uh, during uh, uh, also pro tip uh, for um, for anybody uh, who has uh, struggled with like uh, depressive tendencies like compulsive substance use um, I'm not saying that you have to marry a therapist um, but, um, but I did, and it's worked out really well for me. Um, <laughs> um, kind of built in, in help like, for you. What well, like, uh, if like, if nothing else, just, um, like being 
being on a team, being in a partnership with somebody who has a great deal of empathy and like communication tools and skills that allow um, for like sort of non-reactivity de-escalation and um, framing problems that arise as um, like within the context of like, how do we solve this problem together um, um, is an absolute game changer. Um, as um, so um, like early in early in the pandemic times, um, uh, my, I'd been keeping this like sort of work log journal thing where um, I had previously been tracking like all of this, all this business stuff that I needed to do, which vanished immediately. Um, like suddenly the there, pages are very empty. <laughs> yeah. And there was, and there was about a week of just like, um, I might as well have just written like sad scrawl in, in the blank pages for like, what did you do today? Well, I, uh, I got drunk in the afternoon and I played a lot of the Witcher three. Um, <laughs> but kind of shortly thereafter that, um, that logging and journaling pivoted to like kind of personal maintenance stuff. Um, a lot of logging, um, logging exercise. I like started running outdoors in our neighborhood for the first time. But my first time running outdoors in a couple of years. And Oh, wow. I remember on tour, that was kind of your thing. You were always running everywhere. That was awesome. Well, because, like, how, uh, on the one hand, how are you going to be in a band called Run With It and be the fat bass player? Um, and, and also, like, when, when, when Daniel Cole looks like he's carved out of marble. Um, I know. Um, uh, and, like, also eating ice cream for breakfast. Um, he made me so mad stopping at gas stations and I'm like eating like pork rinds and counting them out because they have no carbs and eating salad when we're at restaurants. And he's just like, oh, I'll get this strawberry ice cream, maybe two. And he's walking out of the gas station and he's just ripped. It's like, dude, I'm so jealous right now. How actually dare you? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, as far as like journey of maintenance of the bits and, um, and physical fitness, um, losing access to the gym, uh, throughout this year has been mm. kind of jarring. Even when our planet fitness chapter opened back up, uh, Rachel and I went in to, um, kind of retour the facility, see what, um, what safety protocols were in place. And while staff was way on top of their shit, um, like doing sanitizing station gloves and masks and all um, we'd walk in during peak hours and maybe mm. two people in the building would have masks on. I'm like, Whoa. Nope. That's just, that's <laughs> not an acceptable risk threshold for us. So, right. um, so Rachel managed to find a, um, a really rad um, body weight machine where okay. you, lie down on a plank and depending on what angle you're on and where you hook the little pulleys, um, you can approximate most of the, the weight lifting, uh, that, right. that I 
doing at the gym, just in our basement. Um, I think I've seen that. What's that called? Do you remember? Um, I, I can't it think of it. Is, we, uh, we call it Legion uh, after the character in Mass Effect um, because... Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, I love uh, the word Legion, it though. it is a, 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 a versatile, multi-purpose robot. Um, uh, I can I, I can shoot you a text of the, the name of the All thing. Right. Put it in the episode description. Um, <laughs> in case you were wondering, if you if your gym doesn't wear masks, you can go to this link. But, um, yeah, that's a... That, I, my gym started going back, and uh, I, I go really early in the morning, so typically it's not that big of a deal. But one day I slept in, I was there at like nine, like during a peak time. And I'm like looking around, I was like, who the hell are all these people? I just wanted to leave. It's, it's so weird. Well, and, and it hit me extra hard um, because there was a stretch of time where like I was hitting the gym at like four or five in the morning back in the before times. But it was because like I'd been up all night and, (laughs) um, and like I would do my, starvation cardio first thing in the afternoon then like put in some office hours go to rehearsal come back like do like dishes cleaning um food prep stuff as need be um and just as soon as planet fitness would open i'd be in the doors to do my lifting um and that's like you getting off work and going to work out that's that's my stomach hurts thinking of staying up that late and then going to work (laughs) um but (laughs) Um, but it was kind of perfect for like the introverted weirdo that I am who does not want to talk to anybody. I don't want to make eye contact. I don't want to do casual conversation at the gym. Like there are one or two musician friends who like kind of live in the neighborhood, but like, you know, smile and wave and just do a little, Hey, how you doing? Um, occasionally it's five in the morning. We're not talking. We're not hanging out. We're here to work out. Uh, we're like, I, like, I don't even want to be close to anybody else's sweat and odor and nor do I want to inflict my like odor on anybody else. Um, and so, uh, the, so there, like, there's something a little, um, comfortable about the world of social distancing now. Um, um, and yeah, it, that was especially pronounced. Uh, at the prospect of being in a big open air room with fans circulating other people's breath. Um, <laughs> and they're all going <sighs> and breathing out and going nuts. So <laughs> it's like, so yeah, do, you can take, you can take every other treadmill out, but you still got motherfuckers breathing heavy. And, um, and yeah, it's probably harder to do car cardio in a mask, but stop it. Um, was my take on that. Um, yeah. So you had this physical journey, though, sounds like, for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I kind of went from, um, like, in conjunction with sort of reevaluating my relationship to alcohol throughout, you know, however many months slash decades we've been uh, doing this year. Um, like, there was a point <laughs> where I'd, I'd kind of dialed back the... Um, the sort of end of the day, turn off the brain, um, uh, fall into a bottomless glass of wine process, um, particularly like just kind of being in rehearsals a lot, right? I just needed to be a little sharper. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd cut back from drinking basically every day to 
you know, just on weekends, like maybe one day over, over a weekend. That all went out the window as soon as uh, as COVID hit, uh, and it's been kind of a gradual process, um, working my way back to a more kind of healthy and sustainable set of practices. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like actually at a place where, um, like, I, I built up to like being able to skip a weekend entirely, where like. I'll drink like once every other week. Um, nice, man. And uh, I both save a lot of money doing that. Um, <laughs> and you can buy better wine usually if you're not drinking yeah, you every could, night. But like, I kind of have a taste for the cheap shit now. Um, <laughs> uh, but but it sort of helps sustain a a bit of a positive feedback loop because if I'm waking up, you know, Saturday morning without a hangover. Um, and just feeling more energized, it's easier to justify like going downstairs and running a couple miles on our treadmill. Um, Absolutely. Um, and uh, that's like that entire process of doing something active every day has has done wonders for overall mental health um, and just for self-image self-esteem like um you know uh just my confidence in being able to wear like tight-fitting femme slutty stuff for the small handful of gigs that i've had um outdoors socially distanced um over the course of the year um oh and uh not to jump around too much but uh one thing like speaking of the sort of silver linings of Mm -hmm. this time. Um, A thing that I'm really grateful for is um, that I've had so much more regular contact and connection with my family, uh, particularly Mm -hmm. um, my siblings of which uh, I have uh, four, uh, three, three younger siblings and one older stepsister and um, just like through, through video calls and like occasionally having folks like back when it was warm enough to do so um, over to our house um, to hang out on our back patio or by our fire pit outdoors, like with sufficient distance. Um, Like I've, I feel like I've been able to sort of foster a closer relationship with, um, with some friends and family, particularly immediate family who I've always loved dearly, but haven't necessarily had the time to like connect with in the same way. Um, and, um, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, another, uh, Another habit or practice that um, actually that Rachel suggested early on in this in this process of figuring out how to be this year was like in addition to um, journaling, like how many times I'm or like logging hours for working out or woodshedding 
learning new songs um, uh, in my little journal. Uh, she encouraged me to start a process of gratitude journaling to yes. end like just really simply writing down three things you're grateful for um, every day. And you, know, you can repeat stuff. Um, you can vary it up if you want. Um, but that's been one of the most useful practices to kind of like, that's awesome, man. It, it, it sort of helps build a barrier against any like potential long, deep thought spirals or like, um, uh, it's a sort of like a bit of an inoculation against despair. Um, right. There's a, a really cool thing that I hadn't expected from that is that, um, I'll occasionally get an impulse to flip back through the pages, um, and just sort of check up on what I've been doing over the last right. month or so. And along with that, there's this now really long comprehensive cumulative list of stuff that's awesome about my life. Um, whether that's, whether that's friends, family, um, moments, like, um, like aspects of my relationship, um, with my wife and partner, um, uh, like particularly meaningful, uh, pieces of art or work that I've encountered that have, like, mm -hmm. um, that have positively affected my life. Um, I get to have a document of that. Um, that's awesome. So, I, yeah, I could see how, how powerful that could be. I know over this last year, it's been tough for me, you, you know, come my journey as well. Just, I deal with a lot of dark days, a lot of depression and anxiety and all that. And I can see how that could be beneficial. Like even for me, it, it's had to take, mine's kind of taken the process of meditation and using that as a time yeah. to reflect on more positive things and, and more positive mantras uh, in a way. And, but I think that's a, that's a powerful tool uh, writing it out. I think that's a helpful thing. Yeah. I think in my journal, I've done some of those things, but not in the same way. Like I love that focused effort of saying, this is going to be where I write the things that I may need to go back to because there may be that day or that night or that week where I need to be reminded of these things. I dig it. How has the, uh, the, the meditation practice been for you? I, I, I can definitely see how that would be, uh, a really valuable tool, particularly for someone as like driven and goal oriented as you are, <laughs> um, uh, uh, in moments when, uh, uh, like particularly like this year where I could imagine that drive could feel like spinning wheels. Um, right. and that, uh, a lot of goalposts kind of have to get moved. Um, right. Well, really um, the, it's funny cause the drive, in a sense, the wheels, I just let the wheels kind of fall off. Like, uh, and it, that really started after my last tour in the 2019, I was in this weird place, um, where I came off a three week tour on my own, uh, which I had done some stuff on my own, but never that long. And one, it made me miss you guys a whole lot. Uh, despite any of the things we had ever, any tension we had ever lived in, I was like, man, it's so much more fun touring with people. <laughs> and, oh God. Uh, but yeah. Somebody else, having somebody to drive the van for a couple hours while you take a nap. Um, yeah, or at minimum. 
But but yeah, it's it was weird. It was like a year where I, out of necessity, it wasn't even conscious. It was was more just like really the wheels all kind of fell off. And it's been over the summer finally feeling the internal strength um, to to start piecing things back together. To in a sense, if we're going with the whole analogy, to start grabbing, finding where the hell the tires were. Uh, deciding if they're even the fucking tires I want to put back on my vehicle and then starting to go one by one and doing the work necessary. And meditation has been a piece of that. Um, the physical, you talk about your physical journey. My physical journey has kind of been the same thing. I wrote actually my journal beginning of January. I said, um, I said, your physical journey is going to be where you'll learn the lessons for everything else. It was just kind of what I felt inside. And it really has rung true because even that we're like, now I have this goal. I'm, I'm actually next year, uh, October 24th, I think I'm running the Ironman in California, uh, oh, the Ironman triathlon. And so that's kind of been what the, what the end game might look like. Cause I occasionally I've, I've been doing my best to just, um, detach from social <laughs> media even more than, um, than I already had. Um, <laughs> just, just for brain maintenance, um, at least for this moment of my life. And, but I, uh, while scrolling through like Instagram or whatever, I had noticed, holy shit, Miguel's doing like amazing mileage and times on his runs. <laughs> like, especially for the guy who used to hate running. <laughs> yeah. And I did my first marathon uh, last month and I'm going to oh, do cool. a half Ironman actually next Friday is my goal, but those are all kind of on my own. They're not actual real races. It's just me on my own saying this is what I'm going to do. But that's my first official race will be in October. But but even that, so that that journey has been great for me, like physically. And I think it's given me internal strength mentally to start moving forward. But uh, Mm -hmm. what I learned is like, here's this huge goal, huge task um, that you just can't run overnight. And it's all these small little incremental steps and loving the process um, and learning to rest, actually rest being one of the most vital parts of training, I'm discovering more and more. And uh, so yeah, as I piece, going back to the car, as I piece it back together, it's just, it's really kind of these slow, slow things of, of saying, okay, I'm ready to start doing this now. And what's the process and, and moving back, hopefully to the, I feel the same drive kind of welling up in me, but my hope is I'll just be in a lot healthier position in uh, a lot healthier processes as I move forward. And meditation has been one of those. It's really like a five to 15 minute thing that I do most days, not even every day. That's even a part where I had to like let go of like, hey, if you don't do this shit every day, it's okay. Like the idea is really to find, for me right now, it's about more finding peace. And uh, so it's just recently I've been trying to allow myself to really see myself, it sounds weird, but like in, there's this lake that I picture kind of in the mountains where the water's completely still. And I think for me, that's been an incredibly meditative practice just to be there and, and accept who I am in that, accept what life is in that. And it's like, it's, it gives me, I sometimes during the day now I go back to it when I start feeling anxiety build up or tension. It's obviously not perfect. I still have my blowups. I still have things that I'm still trying to work out, but I've, I've been noticing it helping me approach things and remember really what, what the priorities that I really want, uh, to be functioning instead of allowing little shit to get in the way and build and build. Uh, so, so yeah, that's been, uh, it's been a really cool process for me and I'm excited over this next year as I continue to dive into that, what, what that looks like and, 
it'll be, I'm, I'm starting to see it, but I'm curious to see where the drive that I know is kind of inside me. That was part of wanting to do the Ironman is I felt like I lost something inside of me over the last sure. year and I wanted to come find it. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm going to a healthier place and, and ideally more sustainable place too. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking that like having that framework, um, where, where you can kind of build the practice of sort of checking in with yourself more frequently. Um, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, just, just sounds, um, that <laughs> sounds like, uh, to, you know, flog the metaphor to death, um, like the, the vital engine work on the vehicle that probably needed to be done the whole time. And we're just like, slapping tape on that shit and just going down the road like, as no, fast as we go. can. <laughs> yeah. I know this one part's on fire, but it's fine. Cause we can make a few more miles cause we have to keep, um, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. That's, um, um, that, that sounds like a, like an exciting and uh, fulfilling process. Um, and also, uh, just kind of reminded me that, um, that, um, in the, in that way of making the best you can, uh, out of, uh, out of the moment, uh, there are so many, like, uh, there's so many household projects around here. Uh, you know, like, you know, there's, there's the room in the house that's, that was just full of random boxes of crap that, uh, they're like, you know, one of these days we're going to get around to turning that into a library or one of these days, like eventually we're going to do all these things when we have time for them and come April, it was like, Oh, eventually it's now. Yeah. It's here's time. You got all that time. So you, you what's... got, <laughs> we're going to be living in this house. For, like we're going to be indoors uh, a lot. So we might as well make it a pleasant place to be and like, to, <laughs> Uh, hopefully not too awkwardly tie it back in. Like you're, you're going to be living inside your brain and body the whole time. So you might as well make it a good place to be. Right. So, well, man, it's, it's cool to hear just your processes. It's, it's funny. Cause I feel like some of the same things, especially around alcohol and those kind of things of, of like, just take, taking account what we're doing to our bodies and, mm -hmm. uh, how can we take care of it better? And I know for me, it was kind of the physical thing that drove me to where, um, it's uh, the drinking, like having wine every night or all this. It's like finding out the next morning, the gym's going to suck really bad. And there's times like two days ago, we went out, uh, to a restaurant and I had two beers while I was eating some Mexican food as well, which is like two things that I normally don't do during the week <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> anymore. And the next day was leg day. And then I had a 30 minute swim as well. And man, yeah, it was kind of that reminder, like, Hey, that was bad choices, but so for you, as you look you for a block of concrete inside of you, right? As you look forward though, right? We got a vaccine in the works. The reality is right. We all know it's still going to take a while, but what, what are you looking forward to vocationally in the arts world in 2021? What do you see happening? Um, what are you looking forward to? Uh, there are a couple of things that are particularly exciting for me. Um, I've been doing, uh, like pretty much all of my, all of the original generative work that I've been involved with this year, um, has been, um, uh, working with Stefan, 
in his uh, in his band with uh, Johnny Hamill and uh, Adam McKee on drums and bass, respectively. Uh, we uh, we managed to record <laughs> like my my final. Uh, we finished recording his uh, EP Sis Side A um, right before the. Um, right at the very tail end of the before times, um, uh, that, um, that last day of rehearsal for, uh, American idiot, um, earlier that day, I went in to finish the very last of my guitar overdubs for that record. Man. And so good timing. Yeah. Got it in the can just in time, um, to like, to fuck off and, um, uh, not look at, uh, doing anything for a minute. Um, but, uh, but we're really proud of that record, um, and excited to like we've uh, we've had a couple of outdoor gigs this year, uh, wherein we've had a chance to do some workshopping of some newer songs that uh, could possibly be uh, a companion pit uh, a companion piece, the first re uh, release. Uh, for like cis side B um, mm -hmm. could be a, an entirely new record. Um, but I'm, I'm really enjoying uh, doing my part to, uh, to help support the creative journey that Stefan's on currently. Uh, he's uh, an amazing singer, songwriter, activist, and um, like now, more than ever, I think it's absolutely vital to uh, to elevate and celebrate um, uh, black queer voices, uh, and he's just an amazing example of that. In addition to uh, like being a, a lovely, beautiful, talented human. Uh, and what's so, the name of the band? Uh, Stefan. Uh, oh, okay. S e e p h o n n e. Uh, you can find that on. Um, uh, on all the streaming services. Uh, so there'll, there'll be more where that came from. Uh, I'll have to link it out in the totally. podcast as well. That'll be cool. Um, so definitely looking forward to, um, playing more with that crew. Um, and, you know, eventually get into a place where we can, uh, do more recording or touring. Um, once things are, uh, once things are safe, a lot of the the shows with the, uh, uh, with Paget Productions that had been put on the back burner, um, are uh, looking to uh, sort of get their day. Um, uh, they've uh, they've got a great partnership with the with the Black Box Theater uh, in. Uh, in the West Bottoms, uh, really cool, um, intimate, flexible space. Um, uh, so, uh, sort of still in the process of figuring out exactly when things can be announced, when, um, uh, when what all the safety timelines are going to be like, um, post right. widespread inoculation. Um, but uh, definitely worth keeping an eye on on Paget Productions as well. Um, 
that'll be awesome to see that world start to come back again. That's for sure. Yeah. And a, a fun, um, just on a, a purely personal journey uh, piece, um, we, uh, we moved into the house that we're in right now uh, a little over two years ago. And um, uh, somewhere in the move, um, I had this uh, pretty big comprehensive book on uh, jazz music theory that, that I had like, just started to scratch the surface of before I got hired to be in a pop and rock band uh, that did a bunch of touring. I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for jazz. I have all these top 40 uh, <laughs> things to cram. And we were definitely brain. not jazz. Definitely not no, jazz. Uh, so. Not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> like I've, I feel like once every five years of my life, I'm like this close to actually getting into jazz. Um, um, but um, we actually found that book while cleaning out. Um, nice. Cleaning out stuff. So um so a a new change up in my routine has been like figuring out like oh well how how do you just audiate um like expanded chords with like uh weird out intervals um because uh, like I've, I've never needed to use any of that stuff um but it can be really useful uh it's so pretty fun just to kind of throw it in there all of a sudden well just and, and just to like have the um uh the widest palette to paint with uh possible so absolutely um uh so as far like as far as vocational stuff um yeah really really excited to sort of continue the journey with stefan um uh, i'm i'm certain that i'll uh, get back into some version of um, a mercenary uh, a scumbag rock star work um, <laughs> that will likely be multifaceted. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a non-zero chance of uh, me getting together and making noises with a handful of other bands. Um, I like that, and, though. I have to put on the episode... Ben Byard scumbag rock guy or something. Will that work for you? I'm not mad at that. <laughs> well, that's um, cool, man. I, I really do hope to see all that. Obviously, uh, that's uh, I've been able to play some shows, but but again, it's, it's really hampered down on who can do shows, who can do them safely. Um, there are certain things, certain avenues I've thought about going for and like even weddings, but I did a wedding and it just felt really really weird, kind of unsafe. And, and so I, I think I did two last year. And though I, I was glad to be part of those people's events, uh, I just left going, did I risk my family? Kind of the same questions, you know? And so I'm hoping oh, yeah. to see more of the corporate world come back as far as corporate playing, uh, weddings. And then I, I can't wait to actually play a club show again and just do oh, all original, yeah. uh, play with a bunch of different bands, have a whole packed out place and everyone's drinking whiskey. It's a great night. You know, th those kind of things are things that, that I miss. I'm longing for hope to see. I'm, you know, in my uneducated uh, opinion, it seems like fall 2021 is when I think 
my guess would be for at least from the hearing how the vaccines will work and and how the rollout's going to be. Uh, but but yeah, I, I hope for some good stuff uh, in, in that regard. <laughs> It'll be really exciting to get back to stuff we kind of took for granted in the before time. Um, yeah. I think um, like I I don't I I really hope that um, that we're all able to carry forward a sense of gratitude and appreciation for the awesome shit that we're able to do under normal mm-hmm. circumstances. Um, I've, um, like, I've kind of balked at the idea that, that someday it'll all just go back to normal. Um, cause I don't, I don't really think that's applicable. Like I, right. I think, I think the worst thing we can do, uh, after this year is learn nothing, um, change nothing about our, behaviors or approaches yeah. uh, of like our like models of how we take care of each other and our, how we take care of ourselves. Um, and I know, uh, I know for me, one of, one of the things that I intend to carry forward into whatever the next normal is, um, would be, a um, would be that practice of gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. like really being able to appreciate like, holy shit, I get to stand on a stage with a bunch of people who I probably at least enjoy the company of like bare minimum, um, and get to like make a bunch of fun noises, um, for, um, for like, uh, people to like either, um, like give them a, perspective that they might not otherwise have access to or just let them have a good time um and you get paid to do it it's like that's your job like (laughs) like that's that's pretty phenomenal a really ridiculously um privileged position uh to to be in and absolutely not not one that i ever want to take for granted I love it. Hey, I'm going to pause real quick. I'll edit this out, but I'm seeing my battery is about to die. And then what we'll do is we'll come in and get, um, talk about living a great life. Yeah. 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 Creating great things. I need, I'm kind of learning as I go. Oh, of course. Um, and each iteration. And and thanks for those. (laughs) Like, I, I appreciate the, um, the prompt questions in the email that um, you felt like those are helpful. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a, they're good. Um, I appreciate the open-ended, but still like personal and specific nature of those. Um, mm-hmm. they, at least for me, they, um, they sparked, um, rambling tangential thought rather than like, directing me toward a specific answer like they they sound like uh they felt like really good like jumping off places for for conversation so you know they um seemed really well crafted so well thank you man that's awesome to hear and i don't know why my battery won't go in the camera is this the right battery looks like the right battery something's going on no that's cool to hear because yeah i've been trying to I've realized like early on when I was doing the tour and I did like all the pre-COVID editions, 
um, that there were some people just weren't, they didn't know kind of what to expect. And we're sure. like taking for granted that not everyone wants to just roll in <laughs> blind on something. <laughs> Let's see here. Sorry. I am no going to find my other battery. I don't know what's up. Oh, maybe this. There we go. Okay. So let's kick her on. Back in. Let's get it focused. Really excited at the prospect of not having to lean on Zoom nearly so much for <laughs> regular life function. Right. Um, it was... It's actually doing a live stream thing with Stefan for a uh, for World AIDS Day, uh, a week, two weeks, some amount of time ago. Time is meaningless. Um, <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, That's why I love when you said the decade that this is, or whatever it is. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. Time dilation is so fucking real. Um, but um, but it, it just like hit me really hard when they were live streaming. Uh, like half a dozen uh, different. Sorry, right, I think we're back in. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, all good. Um, yeah, it, it, it just hit me really hard uh, the other day for the, the live stream that Stefan and I did that like, yeah, Zoom and, and a lot of these other platforms are not built for the things that we're asking of them right now. Yeah. Like, um, it's like, unless you already know how to like, do some audio engineering or video editing or are willing to put in the time and effort to build those skills. Right. Um, if like, if you're like me and you've sort of stumbled back asswards into making a living out of getting on stage and going, blah, blah, look what I can do. Um, <laughs> then, um, uh, then, yeah, there's a significant learning curve for how to be a like video producer or art like digital artist, um, uh, and and some folks have taken to that better than others. Right. Anyway. All right. I don't know. My now that I got it back up, my camera's acting weird, but we'll just roll with it. And I'll have weird boxes around my face. And if they're listening on the podcast, it's not even a big deal. Anyway, so, so yeah, there we go. Edit out all of this. And not. I liked what you were talking about, so I probably won't edit it out. <laughs> just, oh. just leave that in because that, that'll be cool. But yeah, so uh, the idea of live and create, uh, we were talking about meditation. Uh, that concept has kind of become a mantra for me um, as for me is what does it mean to live a great life for me? What does it mean to create great things? And just constantly spinning uh, those two, you know, wheels and hopefully they're running in tandem. Uh, but that's caused me to go on this journey, uh, hanging out with cool people like you. And I'm curious for you, what does it mean for you personally to live a great life? I think the, the place that I've come to um, with, with that notion is, um, What's vitally important for me um, is to live a, a life that is balanced and one that, one wherein um, 
I'm able to make deliberate decisions about overall life trajectory and where my time and focus is placed. Um, I like, uh, I don't, I don't remember where I first encountered the notion that there's a, a corollary to the sort of business truism of good, fast, cheap pick two. Um, there, um, but, but I like framing a similar kind of notion for overall life stuff where, hmm. um, there are just arbitrarily to pull a number out of our collective, but there are like seven things you can have in life. The kids, money, career fulfillment, um, hobbies, a social life, um, and, uh, that, whatever that other thing was. Yeah. Like, and, and other <laughs> stuff, um, like tent pole, uh, things that, um, you can find meaning purpose, um, drive fulfillment, um, and really you get to pick like three, um, because with, with finite time and resources, uh, if you put too many, like a hard learned lesson, uh, that, uh, that has like kind of kicked my ass at various stages of my life is if you try to do too many things at, hundred percent level you actually can't like yeah. um your focus will slide or suffer um and uh for me personally um having a stable loving supportive home uh and and creative fulfillment and a small manageable number of hobbies is the balance that really works best for me. Um, and, um, it's been a, a process getting to a place where, um, where I feel comfortable and stable enough to, be able to choose those things and, and go toward those things intentionally rather than feeling like I have to take every single possible gig that's, that's out there and available because, you know, because I'm like trying to live and work in an art as an artist and have to do this hustle. Right. Uh, uh, instead, um, uh, I'm, I'm personally lucky enough to have a, um, um, a life where I can have a little bit more consideration toward is to toward questions like, will the company that I'm keeping over the course of this gig, like, are these people that I want to be around, um, uh, is, uh, is there enough money for the, time expenditure and like the time away from home and from our cats, uh, and time that I could be spending doing something else. Um, um, like just being able to weigh those opportunity costs, um, 
like is absolutely a, a privilege and a luxury. Um, yeah. Um, I've heard it described too before as like a, a Lego where you only have so many pegs and, <laughs> and there was the person who was sharing this with me, she was mentioning it and saying like there's times in life where she's had to consciously remove something so that she could put that other thing there to keep that same kind of sanity. Um, and it, it's interesting about a year ago, I started asking myself, um, or, or really saying and asking at the same time, like, I know you're willing to do anything. Like I've always been like this incredibly driven, like charge, like you would always get pissed off cause we'd be like in Boston and I just start walking and you're like, Hey, can you, can, can we <laughs> look at the map maybe first. figure out where the hell we're going? I'm like, we'll just go. You know, it's like, I was like, Miguel, you're, you, I know you're willing to do anything, but are you willing to do the right things? is the question I keep coming back to now. It's like, if, it's like if what are the right things? If you're moving and making negative progress, then <laughs> it's you not might as good. well just spend the fuck <laughs> but, but yeah, like, so I hear you talking about this concept of balance and really coming down in a sense, if I hear you right, uh, what's going to make you happy? What's going to bring you joy ultimately? Well, and also what's going to, what's going to let you live comfortably in the skin you're in? Um, what's going to let you sleep at night. Um, and that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, yeah. um, one, one thing that has been more clear, particularly over the course of this year, um, is that, um, for a lot of folks, myself and our household included, um, uh, a component uh, to like a sort of integrated and whole life experience, um, like includes greater, um, activism or, uh, social awareness, political activism, uh, placing time and resources, um, toward, uh, um, toward people and organizations who we feel like are putting in the work to, um, leave things better off than we found them. Um, uh, like especially, um, helping to, to elevate marginalized voices. Um, like, uh, and, and sort of get out of like the notion that arguing with, um, conservative folks that I know from my origin story in, um, rural Kansas is probably less effective than, um, uh, than just donating 50 bucks to, um, an organization that's helping, um, mobilize, uh, black voters. Um, right. That, um, that there are, um, that a really good way to um, decrease a sense of doom and terror, um, and, and actually like, make an impact, even if it's um, that like every that like even though no individual person can shoulder the weight of the world and change everything for the better that, um, 
the getting in the habit of um like taking action participating um um can like can can like help build movements um uh to to actually affect change and also it can help you sleep better at night um right and the sleeping better at night seems to be a a big big theme for you and we see it mm -hmm. you know in culture right now so many people like even see it in politics where there's a lot of people who apparently don't give a shit how they sleep at night and Mm -hmm. uh but really making decisions that no, I'm gonna be happy with this. I, I had to make some decisions in in work uh, this past year around similar things where it's like you know what, I can't keep doing this, and uh, yeah. and so I get that. When when you think about creation, creating and creation, what does it mean to you uh, to create great things? You know, I think I would have given a different answer to this question. Um, before we started working together on run with it stuff, um, a couple years ago, um, for, um, um, like I'd always had a notion that great work had to be, um, uh, at its core, like an honest communication of an idea or a, feeling or a concept that was uh sort of unique and personal to the artist making it um that like that the most important thing was a connection between work and audience on either a cerebral cerebral emotional social level um that uh, that the entire purpose of the thing was to like create this artifact that um, the person consuming it could use as a tool to reframe their own experiences or see the world differently, um, or to like give, to give specificity to, to emotions or experiences that like they wouldn't necessarily have the words or the sounds, um, or the, the imagery to, to describe. And, and, and part of that still holds true for me. Like, um, uh, I, I think a great work has to, has to have an element of truth, has to, um, uh, say something either personal or universal. Um, and also the, the other vital component, um, that really, uh, really hammered home being in a, uh, from my, my time being in a professional touring rock band with you and Daniel was that it also has to be a viable commercial product. Um, because if, um, if nobody, um, if nobody hears the thing you've done, it kind of doesn't matter if it's a masterpiece. Um, it, um, you could have the, the exact thing that you, you could have made, made the, the perfect, uh, 
crafted the perfect story that absolutely has to be told and that hmm. that many people desperately need and in their world, but if they don't have access to it, then you might as well not have made the thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so for me, um, I think those, those two pieces of like having, saying something that is true and real um, and uh, sort of viscerally affecting um, and also something that is um, accessible um, to a general audience um, or available to, to a niche audience uh, and executed uh, deliberately clean uh uh, cleanly and um, um, produced and promoted uh, in a way that it can like cast the widest net possible. Uh, like I think those two concepts like have to work in harmony. Um, right, because if you get and, the marketing right, but the art you create is is just not impactful, I guess, is the best way to say it. Then what's the point? But kind of, it's actually Rick Barker. I think, I think you met him with us in Nashville, one of those uh, clinic things that we did. Um, He was, he was saying, you know, uh, if you have this thing that can change people's lives, well, you better fucking figure out how to get it out to them. And, and like you said, it's, yeah, that's, it's interesting to think of like both of those components. I, I guess I haven't thought as much as the marketing piece as, as the creative, but in a way I can see how you're talking about that it does go in tandem. Like it has to be part of the creation. So now that makes sense. Well, I've been really lucky to be able to um, work with a, a variety of uh, creative voices, whether uh, whether it's been you or Stefan or V Tran, Katie Gilchrist, David George, um, uh, where, uh, where I've been able to see, um, a lot of different approaches to like kind of wrestling with, um, with that sort of dichotomy between, um, like the purely expressive and the, the purely commercial. Um, and, um, and that's been like an absolute blessing for someone like me who like, I, like, I do not want or need to be the person out front, um, like driving, like, um, like, I, I, I don't want to be the brand, um, of like, I don't want to be the main guy. I want to be the other guy Um, uh, because there is like, I, I think I have at least some amount of appreciation for the weight and the balancing act that comes from trying to do something, trying to make something that um, uh, is imbued with purpose uh, and is honest to, whatever your 
your artistic or creative voices or um, only speaks to your story or your journey or like speaks to the kind of thing you want to exist, like have exist in the world while also um, um, having to, to think of it with um, like having to take that thing, complete it and package it and sell it. Um, I'm, I've been really, really fortunate in uh, um, where I've been able to be in positions to be a supporter and a cheerleader um, uh, or like a little bit of a mechanic or technician um, for, for folks who have specific notions of how to, how to wed those concepts and put themselves, uh, out in front. Um, and, uh, yeah, that if, uh, if that, uh, sort of long blathering tangent, um, (laughs) well, no, I didn't, I, it's a great reminder as I'm, I'm entering in a new stage of creation as well. And it's a great reminder, uh, for both. Um, like I love telling these stories and being part of helping other people tell their stories on podcasts, but, um, I don't want the stories to fall on deaf ears either. Like how do we get it out there? Uh, and as I, in a few weeks, I start a whole new round of songwriting and I've been thinking a lot about what kind of songs do I want to write this next iteration? And I've been thinking about this concept of legacy. Uh, what does it mean to have a work up, you know, on Spotify or wherever in the world that, you know, when I die, my kids on, you know, driving away from my funeral, that that's the songs they're going to go listen to. And what do they hear? What do they learn? What do they know? So it's like, I want to figure out how can I create this thing that can impact the world, impact even those most personal to me. But again, it only does it only it does its best work when you can actually get it out into the world. And it mm-hmm. and it, I don't think it and I don't hear you saying this uh, necessarily, but I I don't think it means it has to be massive success. But I think you well, mentioned like even a, a niche market. Like, did it find its way into the hands of the people um, that that can utilize it and connect with it the most? And and yeah, and I think that's a that's a great concept, great thought. Like, as as I've probably. Um uh, uh, told you uh, multiple times. One of my favorite artists ever is Andrew WK, um, mm-hmm. who is um like he's a rock and roll guru. Like, <laughs> oh my god! Like he's uh, he's the positive rock Jesus. Um, yeah, <laughs> and um, like that guy is not selling out stadiums, um, probably never has, probably never will, but, um, like has such a clear mission statement, um, and purpose behind, behind the work he does where, uh, where he is there to be inspiring, uplifting, um, broadly positive and encouraging, um, and, like he's, has kind of taken this notion of party as like pro-social, pro-self-improvement, 
um, um, uh, widely and broadly applicable. Um, like a, a thing that is a, a clear, distinct brand, but has sort of folded it into his work in a holistic way that um, like all of the songs are really exciting, uh, executed at a high level of musicianship. Um, and every single show that I've seen him play, which I think is four to date, um, has been in like moderate sized rooms, like equivalent of record bar, packed asses to elbows, people, um, pouring sweat, jumping up and down, dancing, losing their fucking minds, uh, while, um, feeling uplifted and energized. And I realized that this sounds like a cult. Um, and it's technically not, um, technically, technically. just like, um, but, but I think that's a good example of, um, an, just an artist that I love and that has meant a lot to me over the years, figuring out and honing just what they're about. Um, why they're doing what they're doing, um, figuring out what sort of impact they want to have um, in both a recording and a performance space, um, and also on social media, um, and just really drilling down on making, uh, refining that to a diamond edge. Um, yeah. And, you know, that that specific approach, that specific balance isn't going to work for everybody, but it's something that feels very true and authentic um, to that artist. Um, so well, that's it's encouraging to hear. Uh, it's it's cool to dive it into that because, yeah, it encourages me as I think of the next iteration. Um, I'm, I'm laying out plans for 2021, even a little bit into 2022, just kind of long range. And, and really you're kind of speaking, I feel like you're speaking to me right now and, and helping me see like, okay, yeah, this is, I don't know. It, it feels like some of the direction I really do want to go, want to harness better. And so, so yeah, that's encouraging, man. I love it. Thank you. And unfortunately I got to take off, but uh, no it was worries. awesome. It was awesome to catch up with you. I'm looking forward to getting some drinks on our off nights <laughs> at some point uh, when we safely can. And, and no doubt we'll be sharing the stage one way or the other, um, even if it's we got to wait all the way till 2021. Uh, but but yeah, I'll I'll connect with you, get the links out uh, to the projects you're going going on. And but thank you, man. Thanks for joining in. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this and, and will eagerly be looking forward to uh, uh, being able to make noises and hang out and continue staying in touch in whatever the next normal will be. Yeah, the next normal. That's the best way to put it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Have fun. Be well. Much love to you and yours. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.